0: Welcome to the 21st. I'm Brian Mackey, in for If you've visited any amusement parks this summer, you'll know admission prices can be pretty stiff but that's not the only cost. You might also be giving away some biometric information like fingerprints and facial recognition. That's what happened when a child from Lake County bought a season pass to Six Flags Great America in Gurnee, and the park allegedly captured fingerprint information without written consent. In response, the child's mother sued, and now that case, Rosenbach versus Six Flags, is before the Illinois Supreme Court. The case could affect a state law that's considered one of the most protective or restrictive in the country. It's called the Biometric Information Privacy Act, and it bans companies from using biometrics without user consent. Rebecca Glenberg is the senior staff counsel at the ACLU of Illinois, one of the groups asking the state Supreme Court to reverse the appeals court decision. She's on the line with me now from Chicago. Rebecca, welcome to the 21st.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: So uh, before we get to this specific case involving Six Flags, can you help people who are unfamiliar with this topic understand what, what exactly are biometrics?
1: Biometrics are a particular kind of data um, that is related directly to your body, such as your DNA code, your fingerprints, the shape of your face, Um the uh, the characteristics of your iris and your eyes um, all of these um, all of these pieces of information um, are identifiers that are more or less unique to you and that you really have no power to change.
0: So this is like when I when I stick my fingerprint on my smartphone or, or it looks at my face and unlocks that's using biometric data to do that then.
1: That's correct, and um, and companies are increasingly using um, all kinds of biometric data um, to achieve various kinds of tracking and surveillance.
0: So the the plaintiff's name in this case is uh, Stacy Rosenbach. In her lawsuit, w- what is she alleging took place at Six Flags Great America?
1: Well, um she says that her son went with a group of other students to Great America and signed up for a season pass um, and the um, the uh, the company took her son's fingerprints um, presumably to ensure that the pass was not uh, used by people other than the person who purchased it um, but the The company did not explain to the boy um, what they were collecting from him and did not explain um, what the information was going to be used for and did not explain who else might have access to that information and never asked him for his consent to collect the fingerprints and to use them in various ways.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, you're not a lawyer in this case, but you have been following the issue. I want to be clear about that. But um, so as as this case proceeds through the court system, goes to the appellate court, uh, the appellate court ruled that there was no grounds for a lawsuit because there wasn't a, quote, Technical violation of Illinois' Biometric Information Privacy Act. Do, do people say BIPA or BIPA? I'm not sure what the acronym is there, but uh, anyways, the, um,
1: we say BIPA, but BIPA. Uh, okay, good. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I like BIPA better than BIPA. Uh, so, anyways, the appellate court rules that it's uh, a technical violation and no actual harm. Can you explain what that means?
1: Well, um, BIPA, the statute that protects biometric information in Illinois, um, specifically provides that companies who collect your biometric information, such as fingerprints, must give you notice um, of what uh, the information will be used for and how long it will be kept and um, obtain your written consent um, before they collect the information. And then the statute goes on to, Um, provide certain limitations on um, how and when the information can be disclosed and and how it must be kept confidential. Um, But that initial step of of providing notice to the consumer and getting their consent before uh, collecting the information, that's really an essential uh, part of the statute because that's what allows you, as a consumer to control your own biometric data and how it is used and, and who has it um, and that was what the Court of Appeals deemed to be a technical violation um, because there was no evidence for example that uh, this particular kid's information was um, used in some improper fashion or his privacy was violated um, But we took the position that that's not a technical violation of the statute at all, that um, failing to give notice and uh, obtain consent before collecting this information um, is really what this statute is all about and, um, and is a very basic violation of the statute when companies fail to do that.
0: I wonder, is this the sort of thing where, you know, I'm sure we've all downloaded software or, or things like that, and you click that yes, I agree button. Uh, heck, you have to do it for just about any website you visit nowadays. I mean, would that sort of thing have possibly cured the the problem in this case if there had just been a terms and conditions that had to be agreed to, or or does the law require going beyond that?
1: Well, first of all, um, when you're talking about a minor child, you really are supposed to get the consent from the parent or guardian um, because kids are not known for being able to uh, make those kinds of decisions on their own. Um, I think that it's possible that something like those terms and conditions might be sufficient if... um, if they were provided to the consumer in writing, which is a requirement by the statute, um, and, um, and the person uh, gave their written consent, um, it would be unfortunate if the outcome of the statute is to have um, noticing consent that is as complicated and hard to read as those that, that are on apps and websites.
0: Yeah, I'll confess I feel guilty every time I do, but I pretty much just click agree most of the time. So, what in terms oh, of this sure. case? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of this case, what are, what are the next steps? Uh so
1: the uh Illinois Supreme Court has agreed to review um the lower court decision. Um everyone uh is submitting their briefs um and presumably the court will then set the case for oral arguments, and um, reach a decision uh, within the next six months or so.
0: Yeah, possibly, possibly as early as its September term, but I guess we just have to—I uh, don't want to be in the business of predicting what, what the judges are going to do. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to ask you, Rebecca, what, what, is, um, what is at stake here? What, what could this decision mean for the BIPA law in Illinois?
1: Well, if the Supreme Court were to uphold the appellate court's decision, it would really severely weaken um, BIPA because um, uh, companies could violate those key provisions of giving notice and obtaining consent um, without being held accountable. Um, Because what the court is saying here is that those violations are not sufficient for someone to file a lawsuit. Um, In that case, one would certainly hope that the General Assembly would uh, go back and um, amend the statute to make it absolutely clear that, yes, they do intend for consumers to be able to file a lawsuit when those basic provisions of BIPA are violated. Um, But if that doesn't happen, then, um, you know, the, the goals of the statute are very much Undermine and people's um, ability to control their own biometric information is compromised.
0: That's Rebe- Rebecca Glenberg, an attorney with the ACLU of Illinois. Thanks for joining us, Rebecca. My pleasure. On the line with me now is Jay Kesson He's a professor in the Colleges of Law and Engineering at the University of Illinois. Jay, welcome to the twenty-first.
2: Thank you. Good morning.
0: So, uh, Jay, and I'm sorry, it's Jay Kaysen. I said your name incorrectly there. But uh, w- we've heard a little bit about uh, this case, Rosenbach versus Six Flags. But I want to back up a little bit. So can you give us just a little bit of background uh, about our biometric privacy laws in Illinois? How, how unique are they compared to other states?
2: Um, the Illinois um, BIPA law is pretty tough. Um, it requires you to provide notice. It requires you to say biometric data is being collected. You have to state what is the purpose that you're collecting that data. You have to state the length of time for which that biometric information is being collected. And then you have to obtain a written consent or a written release. So it's pretty uh, stringent. Uh, It requires notice and a specific kind of notice and informed consent now it also allows for a private cause of action so it allows somebody like the rosenbachs to file a lawsuit um, if uh, they believe that they've been aggrieved if they're an aggrieved party Now, the lower court here said they have not been aggrieved because the information had not been stolen and, you know, that sort of thing, um, based on the biometric. Uh, But compared to other states, uh, the Illinois law is pretty tough. Many states, uh, for example, Texas, uh, don't allow a private cause of action. States like Washington have exceptions to the notice and informed consent requirement. So, for example...
0: Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, in furtherance
2: of a security purpose, um, is one of the exceptions in
0: Washington. Well, yeah, and so I wonder about that. So this would be like if a company wanted to install some sort of scanner on its doors or something. I, I'm wondering what are, what are the ways that that people in Illinois benefit from having these protections in this law.
2: I mean, the real benefit is that biometric information is really different from some password or some credit card number that you can change. This is Hmm. immutable. And so the fear of of identity theft is real.
0: Yes, if I hear you right, I can can change my password if my password is compromised. I can't easily change my fingerprints or the shape of my face. Exactly,
2: exactly, exactly. It's unique to you. You can't change your fingerprint or, you know, your iris or so on and so forth. Um, and so biometrics poses a greater concern when it comes to identity theft. And it also allows you to then, you know, once they have these images of you, it allows, you know, folks to pervasively track you. You know, you can keep track of people's activities in public and movement and so on. Uh, and, you know, so so once again, uh, the risk is real. And that was really one of the concerns why Illinois passed this law.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, though, are there... So I, I get the danger, and I'm, I'm imagining that scene in the, if anybody remembers, the movie Minority Report, where you're constantly tracked everywhere you go based on your eyes, right? That That seems like like it's could be not too far off, but there are, are, there are things we're missing out on any sort of technology shortcuts. I bought one of those uh, Google ne- or Nest doorbells uh, and it, you know, it says some features do not work in Illinois and it had to do with facial recognition. Right. Are we losing out on cool things like that? um, um
2: you know, so, so, so let's, um, there are cool things. Yes. I mean, for example, uh, you know, Google has a arts and culture app, and the selfie tool allows you to upload a photo of yours, and you can try and compare your face to all kinds of art and images that are stored uh, and see, you know, if there's a match and so on. It's kind of a popular, fun tool. Um, certainly, uh, there are other folks who like to see their kids photos in uh, sort of uh, uh, sleep away summer camps where, you know, you get all these photos and there's a company, Waldo Photos. So if you upload a, you know, a photo of your kid, uh, then you can stay at home and you can see what, what your kid's doing, you know, and so, you know, that's neat. So, so, so there are certain, you know, cool features. Having said that, I think it's very important Um, for your listening audience to understand that all that is being asked under Illinois BIPA is that you provide notice and that you obtain consent. That's all. It's not as if you cannot do these things. Of course you can do these things. It's just that you have to tell the individual the purpose and the length for collecting this biometric data and obtain some written release, and then, of course, all of these things
0: are possible. So, just need to get it in writing, and then you can do what you want. It sounds like uh, we're going to have to um, leave I, it. I mean, I mean, yeah. not
2: not quite what you want, but obviously, you you know, there is other things like you know, you have to, uh, you can't just indefinitely retain the data and so sure, on. Sure. There are other provisions in the law, but uh, but but it's not. I'm, as I'm afraid as there is a blanket prohibition.
0: Yeah, right. Well, I'm afraid we're out of time. That's law professor Jay Kaysen from the University of Illinois, who's also with uh, the U of I's College of Engineering. Jay, thanks so much for joining us on the 21st.
2: Thank you.